Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. <clears throat> Hello, folks. Uh, once again, it's Mike and Something About the Truth. I'm a measuring sign. I probably should say it's our all it's all our journey to find it, and we will find it in our Lord Savior Jesus Christ and His Word. And um, we have Larry and uh, Chris with me again, and uh, we're, it sounds like we're going to have an interesting conversation, to say the least, after what we discussed. So we will go on as and see how it all pans out as we share our insights and thoughts and experience and our observations. But before we go any further, I would like to read Psalm 89. Please bear with me. It is one of the longer psalms, uh, and it's about 52 verses. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known by faithfulness to all generations. By the way, if any one of you want to interject and say, hey, guess who he's talking about here? Just please please do. <laughs> All right. <I> will. <laughs> Go ahead if you feel like it. Do you want to interject, Chris, already? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Okay. You're more welcome. We might. Well, I, I okay. know, thank you. you know, we, well, we may, we may not. I, well, I, I value it, and I, I uh, from my experience on the show, I can say I'm coming to a point where I, I am trusting clearly that uh, what you two gentlemen will have to say. So, uh, For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen, and I have sworn unto David, my servant, thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations, said I. <laughs> well, question is, gentlemen, before we get any further, uh, who's, who's speaking here? Well, you know, it's McKeel um, um, and Ethan and... Uh, it's of course David is the primary author of this. I mean, but you know we all always have uh, other people, and you know not always, but there's often other people involved other than just David. Um, yeah, brother, brother Christ is the primary author. Uh, yes, and and then <laughs> as it relates to the seed, uh, I we know. know who that. We know who that is. You know, yeah. he's not speaking just of David. He's speaking of uh, David's. Physical seeds, you know, in that particular verse is pretty. Have you ever thought of the Psalms? I've heard it said that the Psalms are, are actually the thoughts of Christ as he would when he would walk on the earth in days future. Yes, that's well. You know, I, I certainly David could not possibly 
And verse 3, I have made a covenant with my chosen, and I have sworn unto David, my servant. (laughs) (laughs) Which kind of reminds me of something in the New Testament. How about you, gentlemen? When Christ was talking to, of all people, the the learned men of the the day, right? And he was was talking about... uh, Talking about uh, what's the quote again? He was talking about David. What would David? Oh, the what? son of the son of David. He's the son of. How could then David be his? Why would he call him Lord? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why would Lord call him? Fill that in, Larry. Fill that in. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you can also see that in the second chapter of Acts too. That's a tremendous study. The latter part of Acts. Uh, you know, well, that's, if, maybe if, that's if maybe, ever, if, maybe that's an opportunity. Me, that's where we should go after this, if you want. <laughs> I don't know. Um, All good. You know, we could certainly stop right here. We have so much to talk about after the first four verses. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, heavens, uh, verse five, and heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregations, congregation of the saints. <clears throat> Interesting, the saints. For who in heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is strong, Lord, like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness, Round about thee. Would somebody like to carry on and to do some of that reading? I'd hate that. Sure. Uh, number nine. Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces as one that is slain. Thou hast scattered thine enemies with thy strong arm. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south, thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. That Rahab there, Rahab was elect. Remember she hid the spies at Jericho? Yes. But she she here is a representative of, of heathen Jericho that God hated and let the children of Israel bring their walls down, or God brought their walls down. But uh, anyway, she's just representative. She's not evil at all. She's just representative because the only thing that was gleaned from the from the wine press of Jericho was Rahab and her family. They were spared, remember? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and you know she's on the lineage of our Savior. Just yeah, like, that's uh, really true. Yeah, just like uh, Ruth, and who is a Moabitess. Yeah, he, you he, know, he, it's, he, he seems to like to pick us uh, the dregs of the earth, doesn't he? The <laughs> the, uh, the most the most. <laughs> Come from the, the worst of backgrounds, doesn't he? <laughs> men like us, huh? Yeah, well, like, definitely. Not like me. I know. I know. I'm for myself. Yes. Yeah. Why he chose me, I have no idea. I am no, just not deserving of any. Not deserving of any of it. Not even deserving of his evening, gentlemen. But all praise and glory go to God. So, 
Thank you. Yeah, well, there's still breath. You know, I'm going to just honor God giving me breath. Larry, what we were talking about is uh, an eye for an eye valid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? Is that yeah. not valid or, or what? Yeah, I think I think it is. I think it is. It or is. Huh? Or if you're a your physical eye, eye for an eye, because I'm starting to get hot, but I've got to refrain myself. What about if your eye offend you, pluck it out? I mean, <laughs> well, it would do. Yeah. Well, then I'd have monovision, you know, yeah, or, or you, you know. But anyway, no, I just wondered about that. But that's the law, see, and we've we've uh, transcended the law uh, th- because of Jesus Christ. So I yes. should have no indignation. I should have no rebuttal. I should have no guile in my mouth. I should have no uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's right. He will repay him in you know in my stead. So I'll <laughs> leave it alone. I have to okay. leave it alone. Yeah. It's a blessing to have my brethren. That's if that's yeah. a consequence, that's a great consequence. You guys are very special. It is. It actually is. <clears throat> it might be hard for others to comprehend, understand that, and I, and I know where they're at, and it's only now, this year of my life, that it's now uh, being presented to me by my Lord Sayer. So it is a special gift, and um, it's a blessing. I think it's, it's you know, although <clears throat> we can't we can't do much as far as... Uh, ourselves as far as earning our salvation or even earning earning, uh, doing much about even what happened tonight except to answer the call right and even that uh he puts that in and just they have the desire to do that call so there's not much to take much glory about anything is there (laughs) in ourselves the more we think about it you know it's a hard pill to swallow for many but i understand where they're coming from and i think this is where um and we don't have to go through this whole, you know, Psalms. It's just leading into a very natural conversation. So let's do that. You know, it's experience. God-given experience that makes a man start to understand that he's not in charge. Does that make sense, gentlemen? Yes, it does. Both, yeah, of, both, of, both of you have experience, and I would like to expand upon that or expound upon that. What well, is, we understand what, why the things are the way they are. Well, because it's one thing to intellectualize it. It's one thing to even read scriptures. It's even another thing for the Spirit of God to teach you it. I'm then, talking uh, about living it, living it yeah, with, with, well, yeah, with God. I mean, uh, obviously, there's a reason for us living it, right? This is the living, great narrow path, if you so know, forth, yeah. the Pilgrim's Progress, the, the straight, narrow path that we've been talking about lately. Did, uh, you, read, uh, did you hear all nine hours, brother? Well, I already hear all that. I only played a two-hour one on the show because I, okay. I didn't want to inundate. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to hear, you certainly can go on YouTube, and they have a wonderful reenactment with uh, uh, folks of the uh, – and it's actually a 12-hour. I think it's 11-hour, 12-hour. No, it's a 12-hour. And um, yeah, very much so. But if you just listen to the an animated uh, two-hour one, it's worth your time. But it's really worth your time. I noticed, and me and Larry talked about this morning, uh, I have a life experience. Now let's go back to life experience because I think it is important. Um, when we look at what we're talking about here in scriptures and we look about what's 
even comprehending. Is there not? There has to be, or else God would not have us live 70 years plus, if we're lucky. Unless the life experience was a very important ingredient in learning his truths. I'm not saying about saving you. I'm talking about learning his truths and going down that road. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, <laughs> we look around us. I mean, uh, I'd like to I'd like to share one little piece in the 13th chapter of Matthew. This will, I think, get to kind of the substance of what your question just was about understanding and applying it in what's going on in our lives and all that. Um, because that is a, a crucial thing. You know, you've got people going to theological seminaries and coming out without any life, a lot of them, without any real-life experiences. Um, and here Christ is. He's he's telling He's telling certain things to certain people for different reasons. For an example, example, in the 13th verse of the 13th chapter, he says, I speak to them in parables because they sing not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For this people's this wax grows, and their eyes are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they have closed, lest at any time they should, uh, with their eyes, and should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But, <laughs> but, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Now, what I what I want to do, if I can, if it's okay, I want to just read, you know, like six more verses, and then uh, maybe we can comment about our thoughts about this. And you know, like you said, I was much much older than uh, twenty before I even could grasp, or, or God gave me the spiritual ears to hear and eyes to see this. In verse 38, is uh, well, let's start with um, 37. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. We know who that is. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Now, I just want to pause there for a minute. I have heard the ter- you know this, this thing about the seed so many times, but you know what? Nobody ever, well, I shouldn't say nobody, very rarely do people read this as it just as it is and interpret it just as Christ is saying it is. You know? Who's who's the you know, the children of the kingdom are the good seed. The tares are the children of the devil or the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. 
the harvest is the end of the world. You hear all these missionaries going out. Oh, the harvest is white unto harvest, and you know, send out all these missionaries and bringing in the sheaves and all this stuff. This has absolutely nothing to do with what Christ is teaching here. Who's going to reap the good seed, and who's going to separate them out? The angels. And so therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and shall cast them, you know, them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of each. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father, who hath ears to ear, hear, let him hear. I hope I didn't go too far afield there, but uh, there's a good example of proper interpretation of the Bible. You know, I don't think you went. Too, I don't think you went too far. And remember, this is a, our time together to fellowship. It's not. Yeah, appreciate no. that. I don't know. What do you have to say about that, Chris? Well, I tend, you know, I, I agree with that. Uh, of course, everything everything God breathed is well, and for our not private interpretation. We all concur, I believe, that, uh, you know, that well, I guess the gist here is the ultimate conclusion of, of the division betwixt the, the goats and the sheep. And You know, I tend to be a goat, but uh, by the grace of God, I'm a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> my spirit, my, my, my flesh doesn't like that, but my spirit thankfully, overcomes my flesh in many day-to-day situations. So I back off. have to. Because if I left to my own conclusions, my, the godless part of me, which is all in all flesh, saved or unsaved, we could tend to do stupid things, sin grievously against our Lord, who, remember, he had no guile in his mouth. He could have just laid him waste. They spit on him and they whipped him and they did all this stuff, mocked him and crucified him. I'm glad he didn't spend any time in jail, you know. I'm just glad he got it done and it's finished. But he did that for you, Michael and Larry and myself and Andrew, Lord willing, and uh, all of his sheep that have goat tendencies. We all have goat tendencies. I had a goat tendency today I shared with Larry. <laughs> and uh, now after a further review, I uh, will just leave it alone. I'll just leave it alone. Well, that's all they have. They have their life. They're three score and ten. They think if by their strength... Uh, Four score, it's God's strength that gives them the extra ten. And our Lord is patient. Remember the Ninevites and Jonah? Through Jonah, he alerted them that, hey, you know, and they, they did repent from the king down to the lowest of the lows in that city. And Jonah hated them. They were at war with, with uh, Israel. And they repented. And Jonah was mad for the gourd because the shade was gone. The sun beat <laughs> on his head after he did something that he didn't want to do, but God, God got him to do it, dragged him into it. 
dragged him away yeah. from where he was going, <laughs> going the other way, his own way, the Tarsus. <laughs> and I really think that, that big... You bring I up that, that Nineveh, fish, you brought that up numerous times. And I think that big now, fish is, really, Isn't that where uh, the priest of Dagon lived as well? Isn't that where that was? And, you know, if it reminds me of... Uh, well, you know, you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of myself and others who have uh, kind of invested a lot of energy exposing the Roman Catholic Church and the papacy. And what would we actually do? If all of a sudden God... Yeah, what are we doing out? there, doing that? It's good to open, try to people open people's eyes. Nobody's going to... It's like what we just read in 89. You know, you're not going to open anybody's eyes to, right. to anything. You know, no, well, let me let me finish what I was going to say here, Chris. Okay. <laughs> so, if we look at this, you know, and I talk about someone like myself and, and people that I know that I care about, um, who invested, um, and, and if you had, in particular, I think a couple of people that I've had falling down with, which I wish we didn't, but I could see the, the mercy and grace of God in it. But what would happen? If all of a sudden, in God's mercy and God's His grace and His infinite wisdom and loving kindness, decided, well, today I'm going to confound the wise once again, and I'm going to change the heart of Caesar Maximus Pontus, the Pontus Pilate, or Pontus Maximus, the Caesar Maximus of our day, the Pope, and he he confesses that he has been teaching a false gospel and realizes that he's been leading everybody to a burdensome road to hell and tells everyone to, in his infallible perfection, and <laughs> to, uh, that, he, that everyone should renounce Catholicism and to um, put their soul faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What would we do? Isn't it, isn't it an equivalent message? Absolutely. I mean, we would, we would be standing out the outside of the wall. Going <laughs> we would probably we would probably do the same thing that the people did when the apostle Paul got saved, or when he came to saving knowledge. They'd probably be scared to death to have any kind of association with him, you know, until until it was validated through the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's a, a, a good analogy. I mean. God is not limited uh, as to who He who He uh, can redeem through His precious blood, because He's already chosen before the foundation of the world. And so, those people that come to an understanding of the manifestation of Christ uh, that have been in great uh, debauchery. Uh, are you know often questioned by the elect for some time, like Paul was. And uh, but the the bottom line is, the Scripture tells us that he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You know, I mean, it's, would, it's, would, it's, would it not? Uh, it would have to be. You know, even the Spirit of Christ would have to work within those people that, who had to deal with Paul in the beginning when they knew who he was. <laughs> because there's no way. How would you? How could you possibly, knowing his past, and knowing you might even know people that Paul himself personally persecuted. How would you deal with that without the Spirit of Christ? You could. I don't know how I could. 
I don't know how he could have done it. No, you could. We deal oh. with anything. Like I was talking with Larry, you know, an eye for an eye. But I'm constrained. <laughs> that situation, that's a good example. That's a good analogy for me to understand what you're talking about. Because it's life, and you know, it's it's real life, my uh, theater. And uh, I've really got to refrain for, from taking an eye for an eye, literally. I mean, yeah. My spirit wants to just get him down and just beat his retina dead. <laughs> but I won't do it. I won't do it. Because if I did, I'd be just like him. And I, That's you know, right. Yeah. But but even that even that I mean really, is that your true motive? If that's your true, I mean, come on. I, the only thing I could see that could possibly happen for a man to, I mean, I look at my dealings with uh, my son's mother and the constant disappointments and lies and manipulation and everything that goes on. And how do I not? Why am I not blowing up on her? <laughs> it's like I use I <laughs> yeah, should brother. as a man can, in the yeah, world. You, you can understand. Yeah, I mean, it's not me that's restraining me. Yeah, it's Holy Spirit. And it's brethren. It's us and, you know, and you guys. If I didn't have, like I said earlier, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have you brethren. You know, this is so wonderful to have. Because I've never experienced this, save the time with uh, Paul Duenas and his family before Alfred Chomp pulled a, a swift, uh, bloodless coup d'etat you know, and took over and won the hearts of everybody and left my friend in the dust, you know. Yeah, the fellowship, you know, it's, the fellowship it, was never the same. Fellowship was never the same. They had to get a building and all of this and all of this stuff and tithing and just a bunch of junk, you know. And I didn't feel good about <laughs> it. I really enjoyed the house church. I really enjoyed that. This kind of leads to what we were talking about. It looks like an uh, uh, opening to go to what we were talking about prior to the show, and that was to talk about. I don't know. I've, I've been listening to a, a gentleman on YouTube. I don't know why I'm listening to it, uh, but there's a young man, uh, Pastor Wagner from Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's a very young man. <clears throat> And uh, MinneapolisChurch.net is the website. And I'm not promoting it in any way. I mean, he's got some good stuff. And it describes the church as, uh, it really sounds great. You're like, wow, this is wonderful. Until you start really getting into it. So, but, um, historic, independent, unincorporated, non-501c3, KGV-only, Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. That's the church he's starting. It sounds really great, and it does. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in that that's very appealing within that description. But as I listen to a sermon, I'm hearing a man that I'm not. I don't know. I'm sounding judgmental, but because of my experience and what I know about history and a few other things, and life experience and just dealing with, well, just what God's given me through the the years of being an adult, I'm listening to a young man who's very naive about many different things. And I got to listen to this uh, uh, Where Calvinism Goes Wrong from a Sovereign Grace perspective and he 
pretty much disagrees with the last two things. Tulip was irresistible grace and perseverance of the saints and all this, and just goes on and on. And what I was listening to him also about this, his his understanding of like Romans thirteen, and, and I think to myself, he seems like a genuine guy, a genuine probably a man that's that really has been touched by the Lord and. But I also listen to somebody who's very naive. He doesn't understand the degree. Oh, yes, I think of the total depravity of the world that he lives in. And um, I think that's really important that the true message be told about how absolutely deprived we are. All of us. And many of the aspects of our depravity is... Uh, the things that we believe to be true, which are not. And we cherish those lies more than the truth, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We do. This is an absolute fact. And we can go in all many different directions with this one. And anybody who has enough life experience will know of a few of the things that I'm talking about. It cannot be overcome simply because you have... Uh, went to a seminary and got a degree and now are now worthy to by the state to be a pastor. Does that make sense, gentlemen, what I'm saying? Well, sure. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, if, I mean, I, I, mean, I was listening when you talked about, you know, th- there's a whole group of people that, <laughs> in fact, my wife was telling me this today, I need to look it up and find out what the acronym is. I had it at one time, but I forgot because I didn't care about it. But um, She was talking to uh, uh, a person one time, said, well, we know what your doctrine is. Your doctrine is tulip. And we have our flower, too. Our flower is lilac. <laughs> okay? Well, the Armenians have taken off the tulip acronym, and they've replaced it with lilac. And I... I've seen lilac. Now, the reason I bring that up is you mentioned that the, this gentleman has, you know, a different understanding of, you know, irresistible grace and the final perseverance of the saints. How does that play out in practical life, you know? Well, listen, it, it makes a huge difference in how we see our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, if we believe that we can ultimately be sovereign over his grace and we can resist it uh, as his elect children. It's a huge practical application. And how Brother, they don't, Brother, you know they don't look at it like that, even oh, though that's, 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 the case. that's the case, in fact. What you just said is what they're doing. They don't look at it like that. Oh, no, no. And they don't look at it like when they... Are, are redefining this preservation or preservation of the saints. You know, the, the idea that man can fall from grace at will is yeah. a, a way of totally... Perseverance. The Lord preserves us through perseverance of the saints, preservation of the saints. Both are applicable. Yeah, and the point is, is that you know, the attack on the preservation of the saints or the perseverance of the saints, the attack on that totally just 
demolishes one's assurance. Because right. if it if it's up to us to keep ourselves in the grace and the faith of God, uh, you know, we're we're invariably going to fail. Yeah, we can no more do that than we can accept Christ and make it binding on God. Yeah, that's right. And so there's some practical things for your your friend. I mean, that, that I'd like to chat with him about. I'm sure he oh, wouldn't he's not, he's not. He's not. He's not my friend. I, I just, well, well, I didn't mean. God, 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 I, I, God let lazy to uh, just check this. Motivated me to check him out. And I'm like, well, there's a lesson. No, I, I didn't sure. mean him for. I mean, Christ called Judas his friend. You know what I mean? So, and Judas betrayed him, and you know, Judas. You know, um, God called uh, called that man without a wedding garment friend. Yeah, and in fact, in another place, it's referring to Judas. It says. Uh, you know that he, the the man whom I trusted. You know, speaking of Joe, how did how did Christ trust Judas? Well, he trusted him with the money bag. <laughs> it shows what kind of emphasis Christ really put on money. But uh, to, to give the money bag to Judas, you know. <laughs> well, you know another aspect of this too. There's this potential here, which is that because of life experience, is a, do we then become a little too harshly judgmental to someone who is, um, you know, half, well, he's half, he's at least half my age, probably, you know, um, and, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, um, and I'm not judging him on his age. I'm judging, I'm, I'm simply, I was just hearing lack of experience in real life. You know what I mean? That he was regurgitating a lot of what he had been taught um, is it's a head knowledge, but it's not life experience knowledge per se. And there's something about life experience. No, it's just it's just never good. It, it's just in the workplace. It's the same in life in general. I mean, it just it is. I mean, I could say for myself as a single father for the first time ever being a father, really. It's one thing to be a caretaker, a taker of my niece, and it's nothing to actually be a father. And to the experience, inexperience, and just the, you know, the many a times I was like, oh my gosh, I really don't know what I'm doing, Lord. What? Please help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's only through time and experience where I can even see Him helping me. That builds one's faith, right? I mean, and builds. Sure. I mean. I think also this aspect of uh, I, I listened to a young uh, preacher one time, and he, he was in a Reformed Presbyterian church, and his sermon was entitled, and this showed me not only lack of practical experience, but it also showed me his total lack of understanding of the Christian walk. Here was the title of his sermon the benefits of being a Christian. (laughs) Okay, now, as he proceeded in his message, he talked about, you know, you you would think, you know, you would think a a child of God, an elect child of God, would talk about the spiritual benefits of being an elect child of God. But no, 
here's a person that says he believes in the sovereignty of God, but the insinuation was, if you decide to be a Christian, you're going to have a lot of benefits right now. You're going to have, huh. yes, you're going to have the benefits of, you know, God is abundantly going to, bl- I mean, this has come from a Reformed Presbyterian church, too. God's going to abundantly bless you, you know, with a good job, with, with uh, he's going to make sure that you're, you know, you have good health, that you have, you know, he's going to bless you with tremendous uh, seed of children and a wonderful why on and on and on. And I'm just thinking, you know what, fella? You know, come down from your ivory tower and get real, okay? Right. Yeah, Mike and I don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I persevere. Mean, the whole attitude was, you know, if if, if you're not prospering, then, yeah, and this isn't a reform. This is, I'm not talking about health and wealth area. I'm talking about a reform. Okay. Sure. He says, if, if if you're not prospering, you know, and God's not blessing you, you better examine what says in your life. Oh, no. See, there were even these reformed, uh, uh, actually, apostates, verging on apostasy. Absolutely. That's the greatest sin, I guess, of all, apostasy. Uh, how you, would they deal with Job? Uh, well, you know, that's the whole thing, you know, <laughs> that they, they, they don't give... They don't give all the suffering. They fast forward to look what happened with Job. Look how God double blessed him after all the. Yeah, he went through a few things, you know. But at the end, he came up with double all he had. This is the benefits of being a Christian, you know. And see that. And and by the way, they focus on that latter part and not deal with the more important stuff. Is what happened during. Absolutely, (laughs) and they don't. Just like this guy, he didn't talk about all that are in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. He didn't talk about the Fox's Book of Martyrs. He didn't talk about the fact that every one of the disciples were martyrs except John, who was boiled in oil. He didn't talk about uh, you know the fact that uh, the those that came out of you know the history of the New Testament church, the Waldenses, the Lawlers, these people were absolutely massacred. For their faith, he tried to he tried to juxtapose everything in a contemporary apparatus, setting forth that you know what there you know what was that guy's name I can't even remember his name now the football player that everybody was making such a big deal over being such a wonderful Christian testimony and all this stuff. That's the whole idea. Is you know what. That quarterback we talked about. I can't think of his name right now. Is he dead now? Is he dead? It's not Tillman. Yeah, Tebow. 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 Yeah. But the thing of it is, you know what? What about what about reality here? What about people who are who are, who have like yourself that is suffering with MS? What about Chris and I just lost an eye, basically? What about my I, son? I would say so. Yeah. Well, what about years. my son for the last 22 years of suffering from brain degenerative disease, and half the time can't even reason or think? You know, uh, is that benefits? Is that <laughs> well? Where are the benefits? Now we know we can see the benefits, but I'm talking about if you're going to just look at the sheer, you know, you start looking at economic benefits. I know Christians that are in travail right now because of their Economic situation, just like yourself, Chris. I mean, here you've got a hundred thousand dollar medical bill, 
you know, and you've got all these other physiological needs, you know. So and yet, talking, who does? About, who, I do. Who has I, a bill? Who has, who has a bill? For some uh, reason, some for some reason, the past 24 hours, Larry has had to call me Chris numerous times. I don't know. Oh, 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 Michael has <laughs> Sorry. Michael, See, you that, owe that, them 100 years. Write yeah. it down. Write oh, it off. Write it off. Nuts to See, that, that that goes back to Larry's psychology. That's just a Freudian slip, guys. You know. <laughs> I just wondered. The Lord said, "Oh man, nothing." I don't know anybody anything you know as what, far as you know what. But, Chris, this morning I or yesterday sometime I even called Chase your son. Okay, <laughs> I had you. I had you having a son called Chase. So, no uh, tell Michael's Michael's son. And yeah, he, don't tell what might come out. My I meant Michael has all these medical. You know. Medical bills, yeah. and you know what the thing of it is. The way I feel about you know, and I the way I feel about something like that is, you know what when they when they absolutely sap you dry, okay, they sap you to where you're just a you know just can't can't move. Then you have to use it's time to think of you know God, the Lord is going to show you that you know what. The most important thing right now is taking care, taking care of your family, taking care of your son, and doing just what you're doing, Michael. We're trying That's to right. do. That's correct. I, I, you know, even though all this is happening, the, you know, the miracle of miracles is of coming. The Lord is working in me. He's uh, introduced. He's, he's the first time in my life who He is. He is. Uh, You know, I could could care less. You know, when 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 I compare that to all the things I'm going through. Who cares? My my personal problems. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I, I know mean, that sounds irresponsible. Let's, let's, let's no, that's, yeah, that's good. That's a good quality to be able to go through what you're going for, going through without the, the stress getting to you. I'm a little different. I let my brother stress me out to the point to this point, and not anymore. No way. You know. Well, the reality. I learned. I learned that, from but, Michael. I think we all learn from each other. You know. Oh, absolutely. But the reality the is, the, 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 the fellowship reality can't beat. You know, I'm telling you, this fellowship is just wonderful. And I mean, I just well, love it. And if without yeah, it, but, I don't know what I would do without. But God put you brothers in my path for such a time as this, and I praise God right. for for it. Well, and likewise, I mean, you know, and the reality of it is, you know. We look at, you know, I, I, there's no better in investment, if you want to call it that, than invest in the children of God. You know, I mean, that that's the whole line. I mean, God says, you know, I have placed my faith within you, you know. And you go back to scriptures like in Ephesians where it says you were dead in your trespasses and sin and these translate us into the kingdom of his dear son. And you know, I don't know how to put that all together, but I, 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 think, I, don't... He, I think he I think he means let no one steal your joy, brother. Right, right. And I think we're always on the verge of allowing that, but it's up to us, really. This is about as far as we go. But we can, we can, we can actually move on. And every time that tries to enter my mind, I just pray. Prayer right. is very powerful. Prayer will throw out those those demons that are attacking, always they're always coming. It's like rain, you know, it's coming down. It's raining demons, devils, cats and dogs. And they want, he want that evil one. That's why I like to pray quietly, because I don't want to show my hand to, to, the, to the adversary. 
So he can't hear your thoughts. God hears our thoughts. But, so, but I advocate praying, uh, you know, we're, we're to share our faults with our brothers, our brethren, but we're, we're to, sh- but, but only Christ will hear our, we, sh- we should only make known our sins, thinking our sins to Christ without saying them, because if Satan gets ear of it, he's going to trounce on you and double up on his attack. So that's why I advocate, and I've come to understand that praying in my mind is far better than praying out loud. Well, you know, I think one thing that that uh, David uh, exemplifies is this uh, heartfelt communion with his Lord. You know, heartfelt communion with his Lord. I've been around, like some of the young pastors you were alluding to, Michael, that, you know, tr- they paint the Christian as being some, you know, I, I picture a person in a three-piece suit uh, with, you know, sun, with with shiny shoes and, and a vest and a, a top hat and a gold ring on their finger and, and 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 you know they look good. I tell people they look good, they smell good, but they're spiritually broke. You know, I, and I'm not trying to be facetious, but you know what 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 you wear and what you drive and and where you live and who you associate with as far as on the social level that doesn't mean squat to god what's you know i told i i mean i i mean if people if i went into most you know brick and mortars uh the way that i worship god on sunday they would kick me out on my ear if I walked in there with my sweatpants on and my T-shirt and a cup of coffee and and just just reading God's Word, making some comments about it, and like we're having fellowship tonight. I mean, you know, I, I like that thing. I like that video Ray Stevens did. I really do. I think everybody ought to see it on YouTube. You know, would Jesus wear a Rolex on his television show? I would encourage everybody to look at that. I mean, I, it's an eye-opener. That's the world's view. That's these, like you're saying, these people, they're cranking out a seminary's view. And I'm not trying to pick on young people. I'm talking about people, that not just, they, they, like you said, Michael, age is not... It's the heart. Yes. God sees the heart. Well, yeah, that's a big part of it. And then there's life experience. But, yeah, it's interesting. You look at a lot of these, these old-time uh, pastors and preachers, especially in some of these I'm discovering through recently, in, you know, it could be the Deep South, or it doesn't really matter where they're at. But, you know, they're, they're, they just, they've, they've had a lifetime of being a pastor and playing the role and something along the way, and I believe that God teaches them through his experience, changes their point of view, where they come to a, 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 a head. Uh, they, they, they finally themselves get on the straight and narrow path, and they finally realize it's Christ and Christ alone. <laughs> and it doesn't, there's all the great moralizing and the great sermons and the great this, that, and the other, and what church you belong to. 
and what status you have in that church and your position, it's all dung. dung. The only thing, the only thing that matters is Jesus Christ. And until one, until one really fully, how does one fully comprehend that? Until God, in His infinite wisdom, not only through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, but also through life experience. The, the trials, the ups and downs, and the many valleys that a man experiences, that one realizes that they're really, you know, we've talked about it this morning in the, the, the previous show about, uh, you know, they like to call it church hopping, right? Well, yeah. Is it really church hopping? Is it really that? I mean, maybe part of it's that, but I, you know, and pastors in particular like to call it church hopping. And I hear at every church I've ever been to, they love it. Church hopping. Well, why is that? Why, why, why the church hopping? Well, it's because you're not going to find Jesus is not in a, in a building, and it's not staring at a man on his podium. You might hear something that will motivate you to finally realize, as what happened to me, a recent and clearly what happened to you, Larry, and, <laughs> and, and Chris. And Chris, you brother, know, this, did you, you say know, church? Did you say church hopping or church hobby? Church hopping. <laughs> hopping, hobby. hopping around, hopping around, like hop, hop hopping around. Like, like a, yeah, like bar, bar, it, they call it church hopping instead of bar hopping. When I was a yeah, young going kid, from so, church to church and trying to find some salt. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, 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 there's a reason. It. There's a reason why people are doing that. It's because they're not, you know, for many reasons. But one of the big reasons would be is because they they're not finding the workings of God in it. Right, and we're correct, and we so we move on. And you know what? As time goes by, we're going to find fewer and fewer churches. And if you find a church where the salt, it's going to be very far away. You know, as it is, as it as it were, they're just. But you, uh, I think the biggest thing is learning that because you know this is what things that hangs to happen. And as somebody who is, you know, it was. When I was 21 years old, I was in England telling people what the meaning of life was. And that's what talk of a joke. And I was a Mormon missionary. So, <laughs> and, you know, 21-year-olds are pretty dangerous at times, and I was one of them. The and meaning like, of life. You know, yeah. if, you want, if you want to know the answer to anything, ask a 21-year-old. <laughs> yes. He's got a black badge that says Elder Adams on it. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing is... Um, and that's life, you know. It, you know, it's a fascinating that that, that that badge because it really does represent the world. As long as you had that badge, title, you went through, all, you got the certificate, you actually know what you're talking about. And you know, I didn't, and many people don't. In fact, very few people do know what they're talking about. And even at this this stage, the more and more I learn, the more I realize how little I really know what I'm talking about. I know anything. That's why the more and more a man really gets to a point as is their growth and with the Lord and him teaching you is that there's nothing to count on but him. Nothing. That's right. That's right. And um, once you get to that point, you're now on the... I'm, you tell me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but uh, you're now on the straight and narrow path. And I got a man... I can only imagine, although you might deviate and, and veer if you're one of his elect... You're going to get on that path, and as life goes on, you get on that path faster, sooner, when you get off. 
Speak yeah, I don't, don't know. I don't know if you guys heard the message by Mike McGinnis, but I loved it, and I didn't even know that. I'm 62 years old. I didn't even know this word was in the King James Version of the Bible. Swerve. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you, and you brought that up. I, I don't know if it's on my show. But we were doing, maybe you did as well. But you know, <laughs> yeah, isn't, isn't that what we do until we finally, until God finally? You know, it's funny. I'm saying everything what I'm saying, and I guarantee you, folks, God's going to make sure I swerve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I live down here in Arkansas, <laughs> and you know I was sharing with Michael this morning. You know, when you drive down through your Eureka Springs, there's these S curves, and 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 they're 15 mile an hour, and you better go 15 mile an hour, because if you don't, you're going to be ending up over that two thousand two thousand cliff drop off. The hairpins, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we got you know, we all too. we all swerve off the path from time to time as God's elect. We swerve. Didn't say we did a U turn, you know. <laughs> we don't do a U turn, we just swerve and then we 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 adjust. I mean God helps us adjust back on the path. But uh yeah. Well and, and this is once again I hate to harp on it so much, but I think it really is an important thing. I that's it's a lesson for some reason, God is, re- is having me relearn the past two days, and that is, you know, it's funny how God works with me and how he's working, and how that he's working with me, talking to gentlemen like you in the show and uh, teaching me and, uh, and sharing, like, you gentlemen being, being generous enough to share the, uh, the experience, and, and that is, for some reason, you know, God's having me to look back and, and my time, you know, who I am, the failed, the failed man that I am. That you know, I think you know when you first hear this, uh, that you're you know totally. Not, Michael, you're not failed. You're a child of God, and you you're an overcomer, and you will see the fruition of that when either you pass on or the Lord comes first. Whatever happens first. Yeah. So don't mean yourself well, I'm, like. That. Oh no no! I'm, I'm trying to say we're trying to say the total depravity that I have in me. The blessing the, you if you understand that of yourself. That's that's yeah. key, that's that's key one. I mean, you know. yeah, well, yeah, but you know this. What I was gonna say is that you know, the first time I heard that, I thought that's really negative. <laughs> well, this whole life is negative. Today, but, after because God is God is God is just so graciously to have me go over the the many uh, of my own sins throughout the past forty eight years. That's a long enough. That's a long enough time to have many sins. I reassure you. About sixty two years. <laughs> yeah, I can sure. I had an extra fourteen years on that, and you're really totally deprived. Yes, <laughs> the fact is is uh. And then along with that, with the experience of understanding how the world, mankind, it doesn't matter who you are. If you don't want to hear this, we no, don't, don't want to hear it. I, they I hate us. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Well, no. They hate us all the more. Let's, let's not focus on they. Let's look at us. We yeah. don't want to hear it. That's right. You know what I mean? Because we're part of this. <laughs> we, we, right. you know, we don't want to hear it. And I know, you know, well, I, I, I understand why. Person. We're going to bury each other. 
I'm trying to share with you is that I understand why God has allowed me gracious and graciously. It's been a, a burdensome. It's, it's been that, that heavy weight on my back in some ways, but not really. It really hasn't been a heavy weight on my back. He's been gracious and showing how deprived I am and how, how I really need him. And um, I, I, well, I, I, I hear these young folks and I hear others, you know, like, yeah. and, or even I hear people, like pastors who are my age or older, who say, oh, I remember when I was a young man and teenager and how deprived I was. I think to myself, me then? As if he's, he's not still, anymore. <laughs> well, I know, that's what I'm getting at. And I think, you know, that's, it's part of the, uh, the humbling, the, the, the gracious humbling that God gives us to remind us that, uh, no, you're not all that great. You need me. Right. As long as we're in this flesh, we're going to be totally depraved. We're not deprived, you know, not to correct, but, yeah, I guess to correct. But we're we're depraved sinners. We're not deprived of anything. You know, we're depraved, and there's a difference, you know, in the delivery, because we could misconstrue that people will misconstrue. What we mean, we know what we mean, but I don't well, know. You know, I was, I was driving around today with my son as we were, you know, looking at a few things, thinking about, you know, he, I guess the toys from the previous year, put them all together, take them all to Once Upon a Child and see if I can pawn them off and get him a cheap bicycle, you know what I mean? Because he needs one. So he's at that age, and he's going to start trying to ride bicycle training wheels. He's so, um, that's how you do it. You, you know, we got no money. You just <laughs> recycle things. So, um, but, uh, but as we're driving around, I was like, you know what? God, you know, I'm getting mad at people that I don't even know. I'm having imaginary conversations with people I don't even know. I'm getting <laughs> mad at the guy be, that's behind that's me. Again, I, I, I'm angry at the guy in front of me. Why won't you move? I'm just going to... And yet, my son is irritated at me for singing songs of, about our Lord and Savior in the car, telling me to be quiet. And he's doing what any kid would do. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> um, any child would do it, or, or kid. Well, I mean, he's a kid. I have no idea. Here's, I mean, here's, another have a here's another brutal lesson. You know, as, as, as uh, Larry's mentioned as well, he says, you know, no matter what I do, he still could be just that a kid. And I'm I still curious. don't love I still got a lot of regardless. Does, does, Chase, does Chase have a preference to music at four or five? Do you have a preference? Anything Why but he... uh, dad singing about Jesus. <laughs> well, see, that, my voice. that means he has an anti-preference here, and that's not good. And that's festered in him because of her, apparently. I don't know. You know, we drive around. I, I listen to... Uh, there's not that much out there, and I don't have satellites. So the one Christian station that I listen to is, uh, unfortunately, is connected with um, what's-his-face. Anyways, um, um, yeah, the 1988, whatever. What was the guy who said that, you know, the... Uh, oh, the Harold Camping. Yeah, Harold Camping. So there's a little bit, uh, you know, there's a little associated with the but, but, you know, overall, they teach some good stuff. So And then nice music. So he doesn't, he doesn't mind that. I just... 
or family I, uh, radio still has nice tunes, and sometimes they get good preachers on there that understand. Yeah, he he, he never complains about that. It's just when Daddy starts singing about Jesus. That's <laughs> <laughs> but but, but, but my point, my point in all of this is how as I'm driving around and I'm looking as we're they're spraying us like cockroaches. Now I'm not talking about geoengineering, which is absolutely real. And no, I mean I know. I remember the days. I mean I've been I've worked you know all my days until I got sick outdoors. I remember real clouds, and I remember and and and, and this. And, and so there's a spray that's like cockroaches. I'm getting angry with the people I'm behind me. Prodigy. I know, and I'm saying, you know, and it's just like hitting me like a ton of bricks of how totally depraved the world is, how we yeah, are. Yeah, trails are, are prevalent in the skies, and they don't dissipate, and they are spraying us with, thank you for, for realizing that. I mean, how dumb are I'm people just, to I'm, not look up and say, hey, these, these trails are not going away. There's some. There's more to it than just falling the, on me. You know why are they falling? Gosh. Talk about Chicken Little. The sky is falling. <laughs> well, it it literally not. is, though. Uh, but you know, the thing is, um, it's how totally depraved we are, all of us. And that if it's not for the merciful grace of God, I mean, I could easily be knowing the things that I know. I would be. There's easily that I could do something, you know, uh, drastic that I would regret. You and me both, brother. You and me both. Well, yeah, well, that's that's not. That's, that's not a, I mean, that's a given. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah, let's not uh, do it. You know, think uh, think about the. Let's let's think about the significance of the impact of God's grace on us. I mean. Uh, I mentioned if you in First Timothy, he says, and he's talking to Timothy, and he says, "Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord." In other words, I mean, he is he is exhorting Timothy where his focus should be, you know. And where it comes from, and what all it entails, you know. And he goes on in the fourth verse and tells him. Now he starts out with with, with giving Timothy what his focus should be, and then when verse four he he tells him what his focus shouldn't be. And here's what he says to that. So he deals with both the negative and the positive aspects of it. He says, "Neither give heed to fables." Now I don't know what your guys' definitions of fables are. But when I think of fables, I think of something that's a story. That's not true. In other words, it's... it's, it's like, like the, the heliocentric model. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or I that would is, say... Myth. It literally is a fable, or the fable going to the moon. Right. It is a fable. Or, or another fable, another fable uh, in spiritual terms, would be mysticism. Yeah. Or another another fable would be uh, the denial of the teachings of Christ. That's a fable. In other words, something that is a is a story is a is is not true. Something that's not true. Okay, Get, don't give heed to fables or endless genealogies. Think about that one. I mean, all of this Jew thing, physical Jews and statehood of Israel and 
bloodlines and all this, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. And then notice verse 6. This is where I was talking about. From which some have swerved, (laughs) having turned aside unto vain jangling. Have you ever been around somebody and you listen to them a little bit and you think, all that is is a bunch of vain jangling. I mean, they're talking about, they, they say they are Christians, but they're talking about everything other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the way that Timothy starts out here about grace and love and peace be multiplied from our Lord Jesus Christ, you know. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, I I think that uh, he says down the 11th verse, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, And then he talks about what you were talking about earlier there, Michael. He he alludes to his depravity. In verse 13, he he says, I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but (laughs) I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding. Now, this is where Chris, Chris was saying, This is where we should be. You know, this is the faithful saying. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Um, And uh, this is a phenomenal chapter guys. I mean, he goes on and says, how be it for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life. That's us. You know, he says the reason that he obtained mercy was to show people that would believe later on, like us, a pattern for them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You know? And then he says, Unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You know. Wow, you know. And so uh and I'm not I'm I'm not trying to anyway minimize the realities of the conflict that we're going through. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. I'm trying to maximize what Christ has done in his grace and mercy and his abundant love for his elect. And, uh, you know, and and so when we're in the midst of all this darkness and and just absolute evil around us, and we, we have hope, and that hope is is firmly rooted in the victorious finished work of Christ and we can't overemphasize that guys i mean that's you know i, I can say it a hundred times a day and not say it enough my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the free the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus name on Christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand sinking sand 
Well, you know, and it's interesting that um, you get a guy, a guy like uh, Paul that had the capacity because, not only because of Christ's spirit you know, or, or the Holy Ghost and uh, Christ teaching him, but he had a life a time of experience, and I'm sure God, I'm not saying anything like Paul, don't get me wrong here, I'm just saying that my experience, if Paul went through this, I'm sure my experience is not unique. Uh, where somebody in his latter years and, and you know, um, middle age years, you know, back then probably was latter age, age uh, had a you know this lifetime of experience of the wickedness of man. You know, when he talks about Romans one, you know, when he's talking about the recompense of, of God and, you know, and the reprobate mind, and those things which are not convenient and be you know. You can talk about the homosexuality, all that kind of stuff, but being filled with all unrighteousness and fornication, and wickedness, and covetousness, and and um, maliciousness, and full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, yeah. proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Even back then, folks, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. And unmerciful and unmerciful, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And, you know, and so this goes back to a little bit about life experience. This goes back to God and his gracious mercy to not only look at the world for what it is, for once, clearly. You know, it's one thing to go through life and say, oh, yeah, it's really bad out there. Oh, yeah, you know, those those politicians are pretty, you know, they're a bunch of liars. Oh, yeah, World War II was that bad. But when you, in totality, when you, and not only that, but then you look at, you really make sure that you look at your own wickedness and then the wickedness around you. And for some reason, well, I know it's him. He's, I have comfort in all the evil around me, and it really is. I mean, it's not just me, you know. You know, people can say what they want about me, Mike Adams, but you know what? <laughs> I can back it up. I can document it. I can substantiate most of my claims of how evil the world around me is. And you know what? I can also tell you that I have peace in my heart, even though I know all those things, and why do I? You know, in all rights, I should be, you know, pounding down a fifth of Jack Daniels right now. But I'm not. I'm talking to Chris and Larry, and we're praising God. That's a miracle. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a miracle. It, you know, uh, one of the things that we haven't touched on, I mean, when we talk about his story or history, you know, uh, I can, in my own experience, I can tell you one of the greatest uh, things that happened after, shortly after I came to Saving Knowledge of Christ, um, God gave me a tremendous interest in the New Testament church history, you know, and I started, you know, God did, God did it, I mean, because before I could care less. But I got interested in the early church, and I, you know, look, looking at the rise of Islam, and and then looking at the, the martyrs, you know, Constantine and the church fathers, and then 
you know the prevalence of monasticism and and then of course the rise of the papacy and all of that and islam and and uh you know and looking at the you know the papal authority and how it took over the temporal powers and all of that and 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 then also the forerunners of the Reformation became very important to me. I mean, when I started looking at the Waldenses and Wycliffe and Huss and Savernola and, and uh, studying Luther and the Protestants, you know, uh, and uh, looked at people and the differences between Zwingli and Calvin and then going on down, you know, the Huguenots and France and all that stuff and and then, you know, I didn't take as much interest in the, you know, after I started losing interest when we got into the, uh, you know, into Germany and the Puritanism in England and and all that. I didn't really take as much interest in that. But I, I started to America, you mean? You mean uh, bringing uh, the Reformation to America? Yeah, I start. I started. I started regaining the interest. Okay, um, around about the time that they started this Great Awakening thing, because see that I could identify that with what I had gone through in my own childhood experience with what circa you know, what circa of time do you call the Great Awakening? What what well the, the, the rise of the you know that's the rise of Methodism and. George Whitfield and you know the, that that whole 1600s you know 1700s um, which, yeah I mean if you look at uh, I mean Moravia I mean Wesley you know is a really interesting story if you look at his biography if you read right, some, I don't even know if him and his brother are even saved with that Arminian see Methodist they have a method see and that yeah. tells me outside of God's method. Well, yeah, and the thing that's really in, and, and the reason I'm going into this history, his story is that we we did, you know, Walt and I did this too. But the reason I had such an interest in, in this is that it's one thing to look at history in the light of, you know, the international world at large, and it's another thing to look at it in the context of what was going on within. Uh, lack of a better word, religiosity, and Rome, and you know, because you, you you draw a parallel. I mean, my wife and I were having a conversation today about this very thing. What's the difference um, with someone, for an example? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not. This is not pick on uh, strict Baptist day. Just an observation. Some strict Baptists don't even want anybody else to see their hymnals. Yeah. Why? Because Why? they they think that they will pervert it, which oh. is asinine. I mean, anybody that anybody that's a reprobate uh, or anyone that's dead in their trespasses and sin is going to pervert everything anyway. And, and the point is, is that what's the difference in being so, you know, protective over your uh, your particular hymnal that you sing out of, than chaining the 
the Bible to the altars of the Roman Catholic Church and, and only allowing people that know Latin and Greek and Hebrew to read them. Uh, I'm just bringing that up. That's just another point of religiosity. You know, if you if you're you know, we've got the goods. We've got the we got the we got the corner on this. You know, we got the corner on this this hymnal. We got the corner on you know. Nobody can find us because we're so far back in the woods. Nobody knows we exist. I know this is serious. There's a primitive Baptist church. Down here, Rosette and I found it. We, we found the name of this church. We got the address, and we we map quested it, and it it we could we we took an hour, and we never could find the church. It was so far back in the brush. Wow. You know, the point I'm trying to make is, you know. Now I know a lot of people say, "Oh, Larry, you're an Armenian." No, I'm not an Armenian. Because <laughs> Christ says, "You know, are you supposed to hide your light under a bushel? Or are you supposed to let it shine for the whole world?" To, I mean, I know you're not. <coughs> you can't exactly. Add to even, even people that understand the truth are hiding their light under a bushel because they're just staying in their assembly in those four walls. Yeah, you can't add or subtract to the kingdom of God. Let God. I like be. our version better. We can go out and minister to people uh, without sitting in some assembly and being con- confined, thus uh, uh, nullifying uh, 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 our light. If I want to put a Bible study on the YouTube or on Facebook or on Sermon Audio or on TalkShoe and people don't like it, tough. <laughs> tough. That's what I say, tough. Because I'm following the dictates of, of my conscience and what God has instructed me to do, I know I was 37 years old before I saw these great truths of the doctrine of election. And I, I think there's probably some other people out there that are God's elect that would like to see Him as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now that, that prim- that, that now that I finished that little preacher, rant. <laughs> was that primitive Baptist preacher, was his first name Neil? He's an elder. He's on Sermon Audio. No, the only one I've heard, no. His name is Neil Phelan Jr. Huh. Where's he from? Uh, I've heard him, and I've had no problem with what he says. He's a, oh, there's a lot he's of, of there's, he's out of Donaldson, Arizona, Arkansas, I think. Or, or what's AR? Is that Arizona or Arkansas? That's Arkansas. Yeah, that's there's a lot of primitive Baptist churches down here in Arkansas. And you know what? By and large, if you there's two there's two kinds of primitive Baptists. You know, there are those that are conditionalists and are into time salvation and stuff like that. And then there are those that are, you know, well, well, at least they say they're absoluters. And, we, you know, I don't know if we want to get into all that. But there is, you know, and everybody has their own little twist, you know, and they're swerving all over the place, you know. and <laughs> swerving. This guy's in the Arkansas, and he's, I've heard him sermons, and I know he's yeah. a businessman, and he does very, very well to do in the world. You know, yes. but his his sermons are well. I can sit, right, I can listen right. to his sermons. You know, yeah, and he yeah. he understands free grace. 
and right. uh, the doctrines thereof. And uh, But are you telling me that most primitive Baptists are in the congregated mostly in the Bible Belt down kind of south and and that they oh uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of them in Virginia are they Arminians or they generally understand doctrines of grace no no uh, the ones that are in Virginia and Kentucky are, are are absoluters in other words they believe in the predestination of all things so they're not Arminian by any stretch of the imagination okay. the the progressive primitive Baptists generally are you know, and by the way, there's also a whole bunch of them down in Texas too that are absoluters, uh, but but sp- uh, sprinkled throughout the United States, uh, and we're not talking about a whole a whole lot of churches, but I, I'd say maybe 40 or 50 churches. Uh, they're pro- what they call themselves progressive primitive Baptists, you know, and they. Progressive, and that means they're attuned to the new Arminian. Oh boy. You, now the power's with you. Well, t- somebody tell me when it switched from God's hands into my hands. It never did. <laughs> well, and and they're very very subtle about it. I mean, they've swerved. Okay, in other words, Safe. they subtle. <laughs> they 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 say it. You know, they double speak it. <laughs> it's called duplicity. They say one thing. You know, they'll, they'll talk about the election of God and and all of that, but then they they want to get into uh, if you do these things, you know, oh, in other words, get, right get, getting getting into duty and and that. In other yeah. words, make it contingent upon it's time salvation stuff. And but you know, uh, the only duty I'm into is is after I wipe and flush. <laughs> Oh, every morning. You know, yeah. Drink a well, big glass of water, Michael. Drink two big glasses of water, and and that'll 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 clean you out. That'll help you go, you know. Well, but well, thanks, it's important for, to uh, do some. Uh, for the advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, really, it, it is important. A Chinese woman told me this, and she's smart. She was she was smart, and you know, it's important to eliminate. It really is physically, you know. Every day. Uh, anyway, we talked about that. I'm sorry. I don't want to pollute the conversation, but it did <laughs> did go down, so I thought I'd iterate, reiterate on that. You know, if you're not healthy somehow, but it, well, I think they, they believe that, that, and I'm tending to believe that 80% of your health is generated out of your gut. If your gut is well, then you're going to generally be well. You know, oh, yeah. your gut as well. People who go, well, uh, eliminate every three days. Good grief. What are you carrying around? And some <laughs> people go every time they eat a meal. I'm sorry I brought it down to that level. I didn't mean to. I just, it, it's a health thing. And, you know, God would want us to be healthy, I would imagine. And, you know, the reason I'm cracking up, there's a fellow that, that's a neighbor, or, I mean, lives in the area up in Weatherby around it. And if anybody ever starts talking like this, you know, he just goes, I mean, he goes fast and he'll say things like, stop it already. I really don't want to know about your business. <laughs> well, no, I'm just speaking for everyone. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just sharing, you know. No, I hear you. I hear, I hear. I don't hear him, though, because he's, he's, he's too affected is what he is. Oh, he is. I mean, he, you know, he's a trip, and you know, I mean, I could tell. Now he he came. I'll tell you a story about him. His name is Bruce. He came out of the Roman Catholic Church, and uh, 
he was sharing with me one day. Um, uh, he, he said, you know, he, he says, uh, I have no... I have no interest in any 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 religion of any kind. He says, if I was going to be religious, I'd probably become, you know, a religion of the Native Americans, you know. But anyway, he said, uh, I'll share a story with you. He said, I, I used to go to confession as a, as a boy. And he said, I'd go, and he said, I'd confess all my sins. And he said... Um, I'd start confessing to the priest, and he said, I, I mean, he said, after about 20 minutes, I was still confessing. And he said, finally, the priest said, hey, Sonny, you got you got to come to confession more often. You're a great sinner, man. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, so that priest is a great sinner that needs yeah. a great savior. So he said, I started going three times to confession. And he said, yeah. the more I went, the, he said, the more I went, the more I realized my sin. I said, you know, Bruce, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, you had part of it right. I mean, God showed you your sin. The problem is you were confessing to the wrong person. You should have been right. confessing to Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, Between him anyway. and you, you know, you and him. That's all. What, what, what they, they, they call him a, a little Christo. Is that what they call the priest? They're like a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they really literally believe that they are a little Christ. Oh well, just more the insanity. You know, more the insanity of this whole thing is, you know, you look at the the Arminius free will religious person. That's exactly what they are, and if they don't understand what our Lord and Savior actually did for us. No, no, they, no. He freed oh, us from it. religion. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. And, and and not only but that, and then you look at the legalist and and everybody, and, and I'm guilty of it. Before God woke me up, I mean, I'm, hey, let's go do the Sabbath. Let's do it on a, the, the lunar calendar. Let's do this, that, and the other. And they finally realize, I'm missing the whole point here. What did Christ do for me? That's you right. freed me from all this bondage, the baggage of religion. Yeah, and you know, it, people. Well, wait a minute. That's not true. I mean, this is what I find with a lot of a lot of the Arminians, is that they cannot accept that. They said, "Oh no, it's still a religion. It's Christ's religion." Okay, if you want to say it that, but you know what? The truth of the matter is, it's not that. It's a personal relationship with our Creator, our Savior, right. and it's real. Yeah. And it's not something that's just uh, a Mike's theory, Mike's uh, philosophy, or somebody else's, or the religious philosophy, it's a real thing. It's real. I, why do I know that? Because God is revealing it to me in his way. How does that That's happen? Right. It's you by, and millions it, it's more by having the all couldn't count be, on Patmos. Yeah. You know, the visions and the dreams and being reminded of all the sins that I've done in my life and, and him forcing me to call out to him and not some dramatic way. Well, it was dramatic for me, but then the rest of the world's not seeing it. I mean, talking to God and saying, oh, God, I am a sinner, and I need you, and I need you, I need you, I need you. I don't need yeah. the priest. I don't need the church. I don't need somebody else. I need you, God. And what a Joy. wonderful thing that is. It's an amazing Love experience. Absolutely. An amazing experience. And religion can't do that. Yeah. A priest can't do that. Going to church on Sunday can't brothers? do that. 
see how we're humbled? I'm humbled by by what God has put on my heart. I'm humbled. You know, having as all men have a lot of pride, and women too, you know. We're out of there. We're out of that. Praise God. He's shown us our dep- depravity, and it's it, it can be humiliating to what degree. Well, God, God gauges and judges that measure, but uh, you know, he goes easy on some of us and other ones. He goes, but he won't. He chastens those that are his. And if you're not that's chastened, right. you know, you're a bastard, and you're not. Right. You're of the devil. You know, I was talking to somebody that. one time, and they asked me, you know, they said, have you uh, have you experienced, uh, you know, uh, because this is in the perfection, uh, holiness realm, you know, have you uh, been, are you saved and sanctified? You know, that's the terminology, right? Everybody, you know, get saved, get saved, get saved. You know, well, God chose me from the foundation of the world, and he, by his spirit, caused me to be born again. Is that what you mean by getting saved? And usually they want to take a hike real fast when you get talking about election. But anyway, this person said, are you saved and sanctified? And have you experienced a second definite work of grace? And I said, my friend... I've experienced hundreds and thousands of works of grace in my life over the years. Yeah. You know, I said. In fact, I said every day, every time I breathe, it's a work of grace. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's what it is. I mean, Christ is real. He's living. He's abiding. You know, and 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 in Him we're confiding, not in you know we're. We don't need any priest or, or any middleman. I love the way Jerry said, says they cut out the middleman. You know that that's why the Pharisees were so mad because Christ cut out the middleman. Right, we overturned their apple cart. <laughs> like right. that, you you cut into their business. Yes, they keep sending in those love gifts and those tithes and offerings, and the Lord will bless you. He'll open up the windows. Of, that is such a perversion. Oh, it is. You know, I think I was sharing with Michael about uh, Malachi and the tithe. You know, have you ro- you've robbed God, and that's what it yeah. talks about in Malachi. You, you know, brother, uh, the, the tithe is us, and Christ brings us into God's storehouse. We're the tithe. You ever, you ever looked at it like that? Absolutely. You know, it's well, you know, like you know, it, it begs the question. You look at these people, these religious people, and these people in these false religions, who, uh, because, you know, without Christ, you're going to look at the world with your eyes only, and you're going to see those people, and they are prospering based oh, on yeah. the old standards. Yeah. So who actually is blessing them? That's the important sure. question. Who is actually blessing them with their, you know, the the... Uh, Cop- the Copelands of the world and uh, Satan. <laughs> Satan. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen Copeland go back and forth speaking in tongues with another heretic on television, and they were oh boy, one to have more pride and more tongues than the other, and they went back and forth, and they and they looked so demonic, their continents changed, and they were going a, back he, he, speaking all this gibberish, which isn't in a, line with what tongues were. Tongues have ceased. The Bible's complete. Well, I'm no disagreeing there. Uh, but the thing is, you know, he's a visible 
example. But look at all the many, the brilliant, the rich, the truly rich and powerful, the men who are on the top of the Mormon church or, you know, the, 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 the quorum of the 70, the 12 apostles and the prophet and their filthy lucre. Let's look at the Knights of Malta, etc. The, the men who go to morning sure. mass every morning and uh, faithful and taking you know, praying to Mary and et cetera. And yes, you know, somebody's blessing them. It's not our God, and it's not the God. No, it's Satan. It's Satan. And, you know, brother, I call it the celebration of the Mass, but I take the M off, and that priest is a big ass drinking wine up there, and then his whole, you know, a lot of them, they just, you know, not to marry. Listen, if you're going to be a bishop or a, or a, a, a preacher or a reverend or whatever, you uh, Timothy and Titus, really, really, and even in a little bit in Corinthians, it, it really points out the the uh, your qualifications to be a priest or elder or I'm sorry, a priest. Well, brother, we're all priests and uh, of God. We're all kings and priests, you know, as a result yeah. of our salvation. But uh, yeah. no, I just call the whole thing just a big joke it's a joke and they are crucifying christ again and again afresh and i'm i'm so sick it's just so sickening to see yeah. this uh, but, I think but you know, but, then, you know but, but every town has this in this country they have worked real hard in the past two three decades in producing this and this is the mega evangelical church they call it evangelicals and they're the mega church they're business operations and it's all about getting numbers into the pews on a Sunday and getting the money flowing and acting and, and super offering very you know well temporal things. That, yeah, you I, know, gave, oh, I, I mean this this is did. I gave more than they did, and also they decided to put it in envelopes for you, but you so know they what? wouldn't this have is, that problem. This Sunday is the biggest money maker of the year for these religions. I mean, it's oh, going to be a yeah. big Sunday. S-star, brother, S-star. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, good thing I have my son this weekend, and um, needless to say, that's not church. That's not big for me. We're not going to any brick and mortar. We'll probably go to the I'm park. not going to any brick and mortar. <laughs> that's a good way to put it, Larry. I'm not going to any brick and mortar. I can't believe how many churches in this area, and I'm sure it's all over the United States and the world, have these big signs out, you know, Easter egg hunts for the kids, you know. You know, I remember when I was in fourth grade, I, they had they made a sick. There's, there's song. no shame. There's no shame. No. Here here comes Peter Cottontail. Coming down the bunny trail. Hippity yeah. hop and whatever. Yeah, I remember, I, you, know, you know, what I think should happen is that they should get all these, you know, these big mega churches like you're talking about. And a lot of you know, a lot of them are United Methodists. A lot of them are First Baptist churches. A lot of them are; those are the two biggies, okay. But fill them up, and then have one conference speaker get up in front of all of them and sing, you know, in your Easter bonnet with all the frills upon it. Who will be the leader in the Easter parade? You know, that's all it is. <laughs> it's just a big social game. But you know, like I've said so many times, that. Whenever I get into this mode, you know, or, or 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 and I get 
you know, or we get or I or as a, you know, get on we a rant about we get angry at the hypocrisy. And so what 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 should really be our our response should be Psalm thirty seven. That should be our response. Let's because go this, there. This, this is yeah yeah. Let's just read. You know, if you don't mind, I mean. We don't have to read the whole thing because it's forty verses. But let's just yeah, we we can read the whole thing. Go ahead, you know. Well, and the recording, the recording part of this was Psalms thirty-seven, and then we'll still leave it open for discussion and conversation. And for anybody who wants to, they you know who's a guest and they want to call in, please call in. You're more than welcome to talk with us and to share in the fellowship and. Ask questions and um, even challenge us if you feel like it. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> I'll tell you what After. I'd like to do. If you know, um, I'll read the first fifteen, and then then uh, uh, Chris reads the next fifteen, and while you uh, conclude it out for us, okay? Uh, um, sure. So at thirty-one, you can pick it up, Michael. Okay, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither is a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way in the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the, um, man, I've got X's all over this, because I liked it so much, and I covered the word up. <laughs> Bringeth the wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Uh, for evil doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. Chris? 16, with hypocritical no, mockers. No, 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 thir- 13, 13. Oh, 13, okay. Uh, excuse me. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. No, no, 37, Psalm 37. Oh, I'm sorry, that's 35, excuse me. Psalm of David. 17. <laughs> Pardon me. 13. <laughs> okay, 13. Uh, the Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow, cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright Conversation, that's conduct. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth, and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, 
and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Good steps of a man are ordained by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, well forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Moth, I'm sorry, the mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. Okay, now Michael's going to finish it off for us, I think. Oh, you did really good there, considering you have only one eye. <laughs> oh, no, I see fine. It's just the, the right eye's blurred, and once may be better after. Anyway, please. Okay. I'm sick of me. Thank you, though. <laughs> I may have to go live with Larry's clan. Be, you know, I can, I'll pay my own way. I've got, don't worry, but I might need <laughs> brethren to help assist me. If yeah. my other eye goes, what, what would I do, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. want to come and stay, and I'm no problem. I'm easy. Actually, I, I'd like to get a Braille keyboard for a computer and a Braille cell phone, and or not Braille, but something with elevated. I just thought of this. Elevated. I'll tell you. Please continue. I'm here. I'm breaking it all up. <laughs> Forgive me. Okay. Uh, the law of his God is his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Let he pass away. Lo, he was not, yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. The Lord shall help them and deliver them, and he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Mark the perfect man once again, and behold the the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Very good reading. Thank you, Larry, and thank you, Chris. Uh, it's been an enjoyable couple hours here. Please stay on. I'm just going to end the recording, and uh, we'll just keep on talking. So, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.